0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you'll be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How, how is everyone doing? Man, it's great to be here with you guys again, and it's always such an honor, and um, I'm thankful for you guys. So uh, this morning, let's pray real quick. Well, It might not be real quick, but we're going to (laughs) pray. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your heart towards us and the opportunity that we get to come together and worship you and the honor that, that we have in hearing the words that you have for us. And so, Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you this morning to speak through me. And get across what you once said. And we give you the praise and the honor, Jesus, this morning. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> I've had kind of a, isn't this cool? I mean, from the van to the lights to the man to into the wild, I feel right at home. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. So, I kind of picture myself like Indiana Jones, you know? <laughs> Slinging, I was like this. Just need a rope, I could have swung in here, and (laughs) we could have made it really, really cool, you know? But I was just thinking, um, this week, I had a really cool week. Every year, um, um, my C4 director and I take um, two horses, at least, and we've been going down to um, Seattle, and we go in there to a park, and we have this thing, it's called a Rise Up Camp, or what they're doing, and, and they're reaching for inner city kids, and every year there's something new and something neat that happens, and so, so we took two horses. Last year we took two horses, and we thought, oh, we'll just lead a few kids around. There was a hundred kids, and so we wore our boots, and we looked like cowboys, and we're like, and by about three hours into, you know, trying to lead 50 kids, 60 kids around on a horse, we were both limping and crawling to the <laughs> truck, and like, Almost wanted to have the horses unsaddle themselves. So this year we're like, you know something, this is cool, we're prepared. So we like had t-shirts, and we had our tennis shoes on, and we're like, we're cool, there can't be that many kids this year, but we're prepared if we are. And there were more kids. And we were like, where do all these kids come from? And then I'm like, duh, we're in Seattle, you know. (laughs) But what really hit me was what God will use to reach someone. The very things that we look at and we think are common are the very things that God says, you know something, that thing that you think is common is something that I want to use to reach someone in in your world, someone that you can reach out. And then it might have the power to cross over and go into someone else's world, too. So there's a lot of these kids that they had, they had never even seen a horse, maybe on TV, and then they get these horses coming up, and there's one little boy. He'd come up, and he he'd be like, oh... I want to ride, and then he'd start to get like, "I can't ride, I can't ride, I'm afraid, I'm afraid." I was like, "Yes, you can." Who told you you can't ride? And he goes, "I don't know." I was like, "Well, I'm telling you, you can ride." And so he's like, "Okay." I was like, "Do you trust me?" And he's like, "No, I don't know you." And I was like, "Well, good. You're not supposed to trust me, you know. You're not even supposed to talk to strangers." So, but anyway, so so I was like, "Come on," and took us three or four times, and finally he got up. And when I got him up, he didn't want to get off. And so that thing he feared brought him a treasure that he never would have got if he wouldn't have faced that. And there's so many things in our life that, that we're afraid of that, that if we don't trust that God's bigger than what we're afraid of, we'll never enter, yeah, right? Man. You see this, like, into the wild, which is perfect for what I'm going to say. I was like, God knows what he's doing almost, you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you made me this handsome, you know. But you see this jungle. But every time you go to a jungle or see a movie like Indiana Jones or Jewel of the Nile, anybody see those kind of movies, right? What are they always after? They're after some treasure, and they have to go into some jungle, into some wild. And usually it's tucked into a cave, and there's like all these trap doors and everything else before they ever find the treasure. But there's a saying, and it's this. The cave... You fear to enter is the cave that holds the treasure you seek. Now, listen to that one more time because it's a quote that saved, that didn't maybe not just save my life, but it changed my life. The cave you fear to enter is the cave that holds the treasure you seek. I can look and I can tell a lot about someone's destiny by what they're afraid of. Because a lot of times those things that God's saying, do you know something? i got something I want to do in your life. And it's big. Do you know something? If you have a goal or a dream that is something that you can just accomplish on your own, you need to rip that up and find something else to do. Hear what I'm talking about? You need to get on a God-sized level of thinking. And there's things that you're afraid of and things that are facing you. And you're like, I can't face that. And God's saying, yes, you can. And when you face that and when you get through it, guess what I'm going to do? You're going to find a treasure right in the middle of it. And that's how God works. You think, well, well, no one in the Bible, that's not biblical. No one was ever afraid of anything in the Bible. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Did you ever read that book? Right? You see David, right? He's in the middle of a pasture, minding his own business and 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 God says, "I'm going to anoint a king." So he has has his dad come up and and um get all of his brothers. His dad didn't even think enough of him to invite him to the party to see if he was even had a chance. But David had something cuz he he even if he was afraid, he still went ahead and conquered what he was afraid of. Do you know why? Because he said it's, he killed the lion and he killed the bear, right? So the children of Israel, they're sitting there and Goliath comes out and he would come out and stomping, boom, boom, boom. I've had a Goliath. I don't know if I ever told you the story. When I was playing football in high school, I, I was like 170 pounds. I was like almost a midget size compared to me now right, and I was the, um, on the state champion football team, but there's a kicker on the other team, and my job was always on the kickoff return team was to knock out the kicker, and I love that, because most of the kickers were smaller than me, <laughs> right, except this one week, so we're, it's Monday, we're watching tape, and I see the camera shaking, boom, boom, I was like, what is that? And they're like, big old man, he was like seven foot three, probably weighed 500 pounds. <laughs> and his name was John Hurd. It was the perfect name. I'll never forget it. It's etched in my mind forever. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> He's the kicker. All he has to do is fall on me. If I go low, he falls on me. If I go high, I'm going to look like Superman flying backwards. <laughs> And I was scared to death and I spent that whole week. I barely ate anything. I was sick to my stomach. I was like, I'm gonna die. I went I got saved five different times that week. <laughs> I was like, Dad, we don't have church enough. We need to have some more services, because I'm gonna die. <laughs> and so we get to the to the stadium, run through our paper. You know how they have the paper? They're playing bad to the bone. You know, and here we are our football team, we run through a piece of paper and we're like, Yeah, we busted paper. Do you ever see that? We're so tough. And I was starting to feel, hey, maybe I can run through him because we run through paper. Get on the other side. And it's we win the kickoff. So we receive. So guess what that means? I'm gonna die in the first half instead of the second half. (laughs) Right? So I look over there. I'm thinking, Lord, lightning and a hailstorm, something would be great. No. And then I hear, I look over and hear he's walking out. And I I kid you not, the ground was moving. It was boom, boom. I was like, I'm going to go out there. So I went out there and I looked at him. And I was like. Okay, I'm ready to come meet you, Jesus. <laughs> and he walks up, run, walks up to the ball literally. Boom, boom, kicks it and goes flying forever. And then he takes two steps and stops. I was like, I'm gonna go hit someone else. <laughs> so I went and hit someone else. I didn't even have to block him. Or and I was like, I'm gonna live, it's a miracle. Right? That thing that I was afraid... And we were so good, they didn't get to kick off. They didn't score. We shut them out. So I was like, I was so hoping our defense would <laughs> would tighten up, you know? But that thing that I was afraid of turned out to be nothing at all. It was just a lot of hot air. Right? So the Bible says... Fear not 365 times. You know what that means? That gives you one a day. Right? Fear not, for I am with you. Right? I will uphold you. You know what he's saying? Don't fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Do you know how we can know that we don't have to be afraid? Is because we're perfectly loved, and we're perfectly saved, and we're perfectly righteous in Jesus. And so we know that he's with us. So even if the kicker lays on us and we die, we go to heaven. So it's a win-win. You know what I'm saying? He can uphold us. So you see Israel. Do you know what they're doing? They're running. He'd come out, and they'd had the same reaction I had. Right? Except they wouldn't go out on the field. At least I would have the guts to die. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Here they're going out on the field. But they won't even go out on the field. And King Saul says, find me someone to fight him for me, right? So do you know who they come up with? David. He's delivering food. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised giant? I'll go whoop him. You can't whoop him. Who are you? Hey. I killed the lion and I killed the bear, and this dude's putting down my God. I'm going to take him out too. And do you know what happened? The giant fell on David, and we never heard from him again. Is that not the right version? No. Man, you guys are no fun. I can't, like, make things up. No, what happened? He looked at him, and he, he said, said, You may come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. God." And he said, I'm going to have your head. And guess what he did? He did. What was the difference? He knew there was a treasure he knew that God was with him. The bigger the battle, the bigger the treasure. Yep. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how hard it is, but I promise you, if you will just trust God and say, I see that, I see that thing, but I'm not backing up an inch. I'm going to go forward and I'm going to go right through it. And you know what God will do? He'll knock it right down. It's in him we can run through a troop and jump over a wall. And you're not alone. If one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. God's not very good at math. <laughs> right? Because it should be if one can chase a 1,000. Who can chase 1,000 anyway? I mean, that's a miracle. Right? How many can 20 or 30 when people get in unity? Because you're not alone either. That's another reason that we don't have to fear is because we we're surrounded by people and surrounded by everyone one around us. And, and there's things that we're afraid of that we face every day. And we're like, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out. And we worry, right? Matthew 6. <laughs> I love this. In the King James, it says, I believe it says, take no thought for your life or therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they are you know you're God's highest form of creation you know he made you in his own image and he loves you perfectly and that perfect love casts out all fear when we rest in it and we acknowledge his love for us and it's not based on what we do it's based on who we are and we have that freedom because of what Jesus did when we rest in him. Isn't that good news? Yes. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't they don't do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Watch this. But seek first the kingdom of God. And your righteousness. No. It doesn't say your righteousness. It says his righteousness. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Right? But then it, then it goes on to say, Though your sins be as scarlet, I will white, wash them white as snow. The problem that I had that created a lot of fear in my life was when I was trying to be righteous in my own strength. Because I could never live up. I know that's hard for you guys to believe. (laughs) I'm not perfect. I just look perfect. (laughs) And that's hard. Right? I'm a preacher's kid. My dad was a preacher's kid. And my grandpa was a preacher's kid. So there was this... Oh, man... You better be perfect and you better not do this and you better not do that. And you know, I failed miserably. Hey, go to church. Right? Hey, you got to be on your best behavior. Yes, sir. Next thing you know, I'm under the pew. (laughs) Or I'm reading a book or I'm pulling a girl's hair in front of me. Why'd you do that? I don't know. You know you're not supposed to do that. I know. Why'd you do that? I don't know. (laughs) Right? That does not go over well. Because my dad's like, I don't know is not an excuse. But it was the truth. Because what they were expecting me to do on the outside wasn't on the inside of me. You can't expect someone who don't, don't have righteousness on the inside to act like they're righteous on the outside. Because righteousness isn't something we do, it's something we are. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Well, do good, get good. Do do bad, get beat. That's, that's what, it, what it felt like growing up. But it's not like that because your good will never be good enough. And your bad's always the worst. And if you live like that, you'll be like a mouse on one of those little wheels. Mm -hmm. You'll just be going and going and going. Mm -hmm. Till you discover, you know something? It's not about my righteousness, but it's about who Jesus is in me and what he paid for. And now that he paid for it, now I get something to live up to. Mm You guys understand what I'm saying? So it didn't end there. I get into middle school. Why'd you do that, the teacher says. I don't know. You know you're not supposed to do that. I know. Oh, man. What's the matter with me? Get into high school, right? You didn't block that big giant guy. You blocked the little guy. Why'd you do that? Well, I know this time because I didn't want him to kill me. <laughs> right? So I had a reason for that one, right? But the next game, messed the block. Why'd you do that? I don't know. You know you're not supposed to do that. I know. Right? Then I get married. And you think by this time I would be perfect. Right? My wife sends me to the store for bacon soda. Right? She does not specify what bacon soda is, so I bring home a bottle of bacon soda soda. Instead of in the jar. And I tell you, I couldn't get a hold of her. So anything that happens when I can't call and get a hold of her gives me immunity. Because <laughs> there is, she knows when she sends me there, there's a danger of me not getting what she wants. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? So I bring that home. Why did you get that? I don't know. You know you're not supposed to get it. I think I know. Right? And we got this thing in us where, where we don't understand what's going on, but it's, about, it's not about what's going on on the outside. It's about what's going on on the inside. We, we don't live outside in. We live inside out. Actually, we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body, so we live from our spirit to our soul, to our body and that's where our actions come out of and when we understand that all of our connection comes from God and when we're connected with him in righteousness and we're living out of our spirit right that's why he says take no thought do you know what that means you have a choice your heart your soul ha- has a ch- has a choice of what it takes in so you can't keep the birds from flying over your head but you can stop them from building a nest Do you hear what i'm saying so you get this bad thought, and you're like, you just keep on flying, right? Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We've had all these, it's called it like paradigms, and all it is is a, it's a culture of habits and thoughts that we've got over our life and brought them down into our life, and, and it affects the way we think and the way, way we act, right? So thinking is so important, right, right? Living out of our spirit, right? God, God speaks to us in our spirit, right? And we can take it. He, he, he says, Hey, you great and mighty warrior, right? Guess what? He's right. What is God saying about you rather than what someone in your past said about you? Maybe what you heard growing up, maybe what you're feeling now. That's what matters. But what have you believed? Which report have you believed? I fought that. I fought that just recently. And uh, coming back from the Rise Up camp, I was um, doing a clinic in Red Bluff about a month and a half ago, (laughs) um, a horse clinic. And I spoke at this cowboy conference. And when I got done, I spoke about the national finals of the Colt starting and how I'd crashed at the last obstacle. And I told him the whole story from when I'd started until I got there. And when I got done, this lady comes up and she goes, I've been watching this TV show. It's called Heartland. And it's like a sissy chick flick that everyone tries to get me to watch. It's like a soap opera. And they think just because these people think they're horse trainers that it's a good show. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, here this goes again, Right. I'm not watching Heartland. You get it? She's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to watch Heartland. She goes, I think your story would make a great movie. Have you ever thought of that? I said, I lost. Like, I lost on the last obstacle with a 20-point lead. I crashed. It's like Russell Wilson throwing the interception in the Super Bowl. That's what it's equatable to. No one's making a movie about that. <laughs> And now, my biggest failure in my mind, do you want to put on a screen? Are you crazy? I lost. Well, you should at least think about writing a book. It's like, who are you? <laughs> why, why would you say that? So the next day, I'm sitting there, and her husband comes over. Hey, my wife was talking to you, and she said, that'd make a great movie. I was like, what's the deal with this movie thing? I lost. He says, well, we used to produce movies in Hollywood, and we got tired of all the stuff, so we're wanting to come out and make some good movies with some good stories, and that would be a great story. And I was like, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you guys? So the next day, I'm doing the, doing the demonstration, afterwards they come up, James, this would make a great movie. I was like, I tell you what, if you think it would make a great movie, have someone call me. But I lost. (laughs) So three weeks later, I get a call from someone, and they're like, Hey, we'd like to talk to you about this. And it was from Beverly Hills, California. And I was like, But I lost. (laughs) So I didn't call him back. So I'm in the car with Tim. I'm telling Tim the story. And Tim's like, What is the matter with you? Are you stupid? I said, What do you mean, am I stupid? He goes, What makes you think you lost? Well, I didn't have enough points to win. I didn't finish what I thought I was going to do. I lost. No, you didn't. You won. Do you know the testimony that you have and the people that were touched by what you're doing? thought, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad a loss as I thought. <laughs> right? But I believed what I was feeling inside. And I allowed that to become something that I accepted inside. And I realized that it was nothing more than a lie straight from out. Only five people Out of 300 of the best trainers in the world make it to the finals. And I'm thinking I lost. Because I hurt myself crashing on the last obstacle. I mean, come on. How messed up thinking is that? People got to hear about Jesus. I got a bigger testimony because of that. But if we let the world's ideal of winning and losing dictate who we are, we're never going to get where we need to go with God. You guys understand? God's so much bigger and so much greater than we are. And he's got such a bigger ideal of what he wants to accomplish with us and, and accomplish with you and accomplish with Silver Lake and accomplish in this community. If we can just get on the same wavelength that God's on and say, Fear, I don't have time for you because I'm perfectly loved. And because I'm perfectly loved, I know that I'm going to go through anything that's thrown at me. Mm. Not good news. I had the privilege the last two nights to uh, judge Colt starting challenge. I thought, you know, I haven't even made a difference. And it was still bugging me in my head. And I I was like, I was really wanting to get out and compete again. And I thought, no, I'm going to judge. And So I went there. And it was so neat because I got to see the difference that I could even make in judging. And how I could help the younger guys. And then how people would come up around. And, and, and no one even had to tell him because they already knew I crashed. I mean. But there was a respect there that I'd never had before. And I would have missed it if I would have focused on the fact that I lost because in the midst of all that, I mean, two years from now, no one's going to remember who won, but everybody's going to remember I was a test crash dummy. <laughs> I mean, nobody remembers all the winners of the Super Bowl, but they remember Russell Wilson throwing the ball instead of handing it to Marshawn Lynch. Who called that anyway? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a hard one, right? But don't let those things set inside you. Choose to get rid of that. Say, Father, I accept you. And as his righteousness comes in, you'll start living like him. As you walk with him and talk with him, you'll start living like him. But you won't do it on your own. You might might be able to do a little bit of it. But you'll find true freedom when you say, you know something? It's not about me, but it's about you. I'm not going to allow fear, and I'm not going to allow worry. Fear is the opposite of faith. Worry is really faith that God can't do what he said he can do. Who are you going to trust today? Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for lifting us up. Thank you for speaking to us. But Father, let us let us be like the good soil that bears 30 and 60 and 100, 100 fold, rather than, than this, when you plant something in us, Father, that it just gets carried away, Father. But allow us to receive your word. Receive what you say about us. Receive about who you say we are. And let us go fearless into what you called us to do. And we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.